Hi, everybody. My name is Kara McCarran, and I'm the host of She's the Owner podcast. On this podcast, we're going to be featuring female founders who are at any part of their entrepreneurial journey. We will ask them the same 10 questions and see where the conversation takes us. Okay. So, hey, everybody, it's Kara, and um, this is episode 31. I've looked back and I'm keeping proper track now, which I wasn't originally, but that's just me. Um, so today we have somebody who I haven't actually personally met, um, and she's a friend of a friend. So Shannon um, is a really good friend of mine. Uh, we went to UPW together, and she has not stopped talking about Christina. So Christina's with us today, and she's, you know, I mean, I think we all end up in, in together for reasons. Obviously, that's sort of how I feel, and, I, and I'm definitely, like, I've been looking forward to this for a while. When she talks about you, she's like... Super bubbling. Oh my God, she's so amazing. You have to meet my best friend. And da, da, da. And so I said, okay, well, like, let me check check her out. And sure enough, you're, I've said it to you before, even in your posts, even in your lives, even in your anything that I've not physically been. And this is just a, an indication that energy is real, people. And, you know, it's not made up. It's not something we just say to be foofy, but it's real. And I feel Christina's energy through many of her posts. And, like even now I feel kind of emotional about, I can feel her energy even right now through the, the screen. And so she's a spiritual teacher, shamanic healing, um, life alignment coach and inner medicine worker. Those are her titles. And so tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so, so pumped to have this um, time with you. So tell us about yourself and we'll kind of take it from there. Wow, that was like such a nice intro. <laughs> Um, that was so beautiful. Thank you. I'm honestly very honored and happy to be here. I love just talking and sharing about everything, everything that needs to be talked about, everything that, um, and especially your podcast with bringing the feminine and the masculine energies. I really love that. Um, I just, where to begin about myself? I mean, I have always felt a deeper connection to spirit my whole life, but it's something, you know, I was raised Catholic and I was raised just like everybody else. My parents weren't shamans or anything, you know, and um, however, I was exposed to different religions growing up. And so I did have a a deeper um, connection with spirituality. In the course of my life, I was constantly drawn to things like herbalism, nutrition, even fitness, like any sort of health and wellness. And I got to a point in my life where I had become derailed by my own perception of what success looked like. And I started piggybacking on other people's dreams, essentially. That sounded like a good idea. And this this seems like it would be good. It makes them happy. So let me start going there. And I found myself um, feeling lost. I developed anxiety. I developed uh, postpartum depression. Um, And ultimately, I had just stepped outside of myself and was no longer feeling that same level of connection that I needed. And um, I I have many different practices and I I use many different modalities. I kind of poured myself into everything, um, including like many forms of personal development. Um, And ultimately, I came to a place where I decided I no longer wanted what my ego was telling me. 
was a good idea. And I was just going to surrender and be led by that place within me that I knew was, was real and was speaking to me that I had been ignoring for years. As a result, I went through a lot of hard times and some struggles and um, also really beautiful moments. I felt alive for the first time in many years. And my life has changed so much since then, but I'm so much happier and feel so much more fulfillment from that. And now that's something that I teach and speak from um, on my own path, that it's not going to necessarily look like this. There's no formula for it. It's mm. always reconnecting back to within the individual person to really, truly feel out how they're going to navigate their life. Wow. That's a lot. And, uh, <laughs> and I think it's, it's, I think it's a lot. The, the journeys tend to be similar once, once we get here. And I think, I mean, my path was different than your path, although a lot, probably a lot of similarities. So I think the, the interesting part is when we talk about coming back to our feminine, a lot of, so even the listeners, um, some of them won't know what that means. Mm. And for me, when I come back to my feminine, and that's what I feel like you're talking about when we're the masculine, we, we always talk about the masculine as the hustle and the getting shit done and all that sort of energy. And we need that energy absolutely in our businesses to get things done. Like there, there's a time for it. Everybody has that yin and yang. Everyone has that, those two pieces of them. But I think women in particular, we get addicted to, like we were just talking about before, before we started, we get addicted to that hunter mode. And in the process, and I feel unfortunate, I haven't had too many, I mean, maybe, you know, if someone looked back at my life, they might disagree, but I don't feel like I've had too many super huge negative repercussions from living that type of lifestyle, because I don't think I ever really fully committed to it. But I know a lot of women who, who do commit to that. So tell, tell me a bit about when you, when you get a coaching client or you get, a, you, you know, somebody who's coming to you for healing and you start to see that they're addicted to this hunter mode, what are some of the first things that you will talk to them about if they've never even, if they're totally new to it and they have no idea what any of it means? Well, I mean, I'm pretty open and speak very, um, very honestly on my, on my social media. So people who are usually coming to me have a general sense of who I am and what I'm doing. And I'm very much working with their inner spirit, their intuition and helping to bring that out. So people who are wanting to come to me are usually, again, those who want to deepen their intuition and their connection to what we can call our femininity. It's more of like a balance between the feminine and the masculine, right? Totally. Yep. And it's their, it's their whole self, allowing their whole self to emerge. And so um, when someone is coming to me and they're feeling a little bit lost, uh, the first thing that I really talk to them about is figuring out exactly what they want from their life. It's not so much about the goals, although like the, the nice clothes and the boats and the, the houses, that can all still be part of it. That too has a divine aspect, a spirit, you know, led aspect. However, it's more about being willing to feel that, um, that inner purpose 
because you can have, you can obtain all this. And I'm sure, you know, and Tony Robbins talks about this too. You can, ha- there's so many depressed millionaires out there, right? So many unfulfilled yeah, millionaires. So it's truly about, you know, um, taking action on behalf of yourself, like your, your truth and your inner truth. So that's one of the first things that I'll talk to them about, but it really is individual because a lot of people are leading the leading forward from a place of fear, from their wounds, something in their life has told them that it's unsafe to move forward in whichever way they want to. And that's what they're clinging to. So it's about dismantling those fears and letting go of, of the things that are holding them back. And that can be a very, very personal um, process. So do you ever, like I, sometimes when I'm out networking back in the day when we were allowed to network, mm-hmm. maybe that won't ever come back. I don't know if that would be the worst thing. Um, but there's times I, I can remember a time in particular where I was, it was a uh, She's, what was it called? She's Next Visa, some kind of visa initiative where they're really pumping up women entrepreneurs. And there's a woman that I was talking to and she was super duper in her masculine. And I felt safe enough to, to say what I said to her. And it was, I said, do you ever, have you ever heard of feminine and masculine energy? And she's like, yeah, a little. And I said, and I just went into like how we're, we're, we're more assertive or more, I was careful. I didn't want to say like aggressive because she was quite aggressive. And in those moments, I think, wow, like this, this person because I, I, I mean, during COVID, and, and if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know I've talked about this. I've defaulted back to my masculine in many ways. And I'm new to my, my marriage again. Like we were separated for three years and we're back together. And so we got back together and then COVID happened. So I was just, and I'm going to say it this way, just so that people understand it. I was just trying on my feminine divine again mm-hmm. for the first time, probably since I was 10. Yeah. And so I hadn't really buttoned everything up yet. It was still just kind of on top of me. And so then COVID happens and I went right back and I'm struggling now for sure with it. And and I'm trying to realign myself by spending more time alone, more time in meditation, more time with music that fulfills me. But when women like are out in the world and, and you see it, like I see it happening to them where they're so unhappy because they think this is the only gear are there ways that you've like when you've had a woman like that come to you or have you been out and seen a woman like that? What's sort of your physical risk? Because I think it's really because you're a healer. I want to know physically what are some of the things that you start to feel when you're around that type of energy? Because I think it's important. There's a lot of empaths. I'm an empath in, in this world. And we mistake those things for anxiety. I, I, I could be in a restaurant and if someone is nervous two seats away, I will feel it. And so talk a little bit. I don't know if that's something that you want to kind of chat about but it'd be really interesting to know like when you feel that sort of energy around you do you how do you respond to it do you go up to her you know what are some of the things that you might I don't actually I don't it's not it isn't my responsibility to go and fix the people of the world that's that's just that distinction you know and and I think it's a really good indication when we're feeling something that's feedback that our body is giving us that it's triggering something within us. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing that I, I talk about with my clients, with my coaching clients specifically, is staying in your own lane. Because yep. it's really, really easy to look at other people and see what they're doing wrong. 
But as soon as we start wanting to shift that, and I know that if only this person did this and we're feeding so much energy into it, it truly ends up being a distraction for the exact thing that they're mirroring in us. And like, let's just step on that for a little second, because mm-hmm. a lot of, I say that all, I say it to my children, I say, it, and I'm not a coach and I have no desire to be a coach. I do help friends and family, but I definitely, that's not what I want to do. I find it too much ener- too energetically draining for me personally. So kudos to all of the coaches that are listening. You guys are amazing and we would be nowhere without you, I feel. But like, it's true. Anything, and I say this all the time, anything that you're complaining about another person is really what you're complaining about yourself. And when, when you have the ability to turn that inside and just sit really nicely and quietly with it without judgment, it's a beautiful thing. Like, and it's not easy, especially if you're not accustomed to it. I can, I can do it where I'm like, I'm still sitting there. My face is like, (laughs) sick, (laughs) sick. (laughs) But I don't get like, what tends to happen is you get you get more judgmental if you if you don't know what you're doing you'll get more judgmental about that person and when i'm when i'm talking about energetically too like i think it's important you know if there's people that don't feel right to you it's okay to not be around them and like personally that's what i've learned over the last year is to just sort of the energy's not good i'm not going to hang around it but yeah i think it's it is a really tough and beautiful thing when you do that mirror thing and sometimes with the children, I'll just hold my hand up and be like, because, you know, they're siblings, right? There's four of them. Yeah. And they chirp about the other. So um, what are some of the, I guess, do you have any practices yourself that help you remain in your, because you're a businesswoman, you're obviously, you know, you need to make money and you need to do those things. And that's, again, there's beautiful energy to that. But do you ever find yourself leaning too far, maybe, in hunter mode and you need to come back to self or, you know, and, and if so, what are some of the things that you, what are some of your practices that help you? A hundred percent. I mean, I sway back. I also have three boys. So, oh. and I'm a single mom. So okay. I get very in my masculine because yeah. you know things need to get done. Um, right. However, with that being said, um, for me, my practice is always about returning back to trust and my abundance and manifestation work is with again that higher self a source that which is outside of myself i look at it all as a co-creation right and that word is very popular like oh be part of this take do your part in this co-creation the co-creation assumes that there's two parties there's me and then there's that which is outside of myself that bigger picture, that bigger, whatever you want to call it. And so I am constantly just being, uh, developing that relationship. And I have learned that no one person or um, company is my source. That's not my source of income. The, the income and the finances will run through them. They'll flow through people. And so if I'm not getting paid what I want to get paid, or if I'm not making what I want to get paid, that's, again, feedback from me that I have more work to do around my own personal money blocks. So I do. I do. I, I have um, ways that I develop relationships with money. One of the biggest things that you can do is gratitude. Gratitude really awakens your feminine because you're just looking around and, and appreciating what is, what you have already. 
And while this is, you know, more of a, an abundance principle, it's just really a good practice for everybody. Um, if I also, if I find myself getting too much into my masculine, getting too um, in manage mode and getting things done and feeling the pressure, then I let it go. I dance a lot. I'm getting into anything to get me in my body. I work out, I do yoga, I dance. Anything to get me into my body and out of my head is allowing me to align back with my feminine. I also have, like I wear rose quartz, which is mm. you know, pure love. You got a nice big one, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and also, I also wear moonstone. Like I, I'm very, I use crystals in my practice, and so I keep them with me. I connect to the moon. I, I track my cycle, which I think is really important as a woman. You know, recognize your cycles, recognize your patterns. That is how we connect ourselves to nature. It's such a mm. gift that we get that parallel. And so being able to really connect it to the moon and just recognize, okay, I'm on my cycle right now. So which phase is the moon right now? And that gives us energy as well. That gives us an idea, um, almost like a map of where I could be using my energy. And even just um, scents, like I have a rose spray um, that's really beautiful. And the first time I got it, it was almost too feminine for me. It was too, too floral. But I just do a little squirt over my heart, a little spray on my heart, and then it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it, for me, it's, it's associate, I've decided that it's associating the feminine. So I know when I wear that, it's not to smell like a rose, it's to connect me to my divine feminine. Right, it's an anchor. And I think that those are all so beautiful. I wrote a bunch of those down. I, I think in our in our feminine we're able to talk about those things in the way that you're talking about them and i and i know there's people that are very women that are cynical about this still and it's because they're in their heads and i think that's that's the trick and i always say it's like taking an elevator from your head down to your heart because in your heart none of those things sound silly none of them sound luxurious or or extra they all sound exactly the way it should sound um so can you talk a little bit about this is a big one, I think, for a lot of women right now, especially in this situation. One of the traits that, that I talked about at she's, on She's the Owner is the, the vulnerability trait. As a, When you're in your feminine, vulnerability is just natural. So when you think about that word, what are your thoughts? Like what comes up for you when, when I say vulnerability in feminine energy? Because I feel like that's, that for me anyway, that's a, I know I've achieved, I know I've, yeah, that was a masculine word to use, achieved, <laughs> caught myself, but I know I'm, I'm squishy in it when I'm vulnerable, but that's probably the, the most challenging one for me out of the, out of the bunch that I know, but what do you, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on vulnerability and being feminine. I think there's a place in both feminine and masculine energies to be vulnerable I think it's needed. It's seen as uh, a feminine trait because men are typically more physically powerful. And we have a miscued idea around what vulnerability means. Vulnerability is perception, it is often perceived as weak. Yeah. But that's not the truth of vulnerability. Vulnerability is being open. 
that is not a weakness. That is a true strength to be in a place of sometimes hurt, to be in a place where you could be judged and to still remain open. That is a strength. That is a gift. And this this perception of vulnerability is weak. That's what we're going to stop ourselves from. We, We don't want to open because we don't want to be weak. But again, that's just... We, we just mistook the meaning of it. Mm-hmm. And so allowing ourselves to be open and recognizing the strength in that, um, it, it allows you to go deeper within yourself and see beyond the truth. Being vulnerable in a situation doesn't only open yourself up, but it also opens the truth of the situation. It opens the other person up on an energetic level where you know you can just begin to see the lies, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't need to tell you the truth anymore. You can just know because you're open to that. You've been at a place where you have seen your yourself. And this goes back to kind of what we talked about, about the mirrors in the world. You know, if you have the courage to go within yourself and do your own work, then you can recognize those subtle cues of hurt and pain and anger and all of the other things in other people. But it's really you that you need to study, not other people. The idea that, you know, I know how to fix this person, yet I carry the same wound and can't help myself is again, just a perception. It's, I, you know, we talk about the mirror, but I talk about it as pointing an arrow forward and turning it around to point back at yourself those same very things. So, okay, I have this, I have a program called the We Are program. It's a, it's a five-week women's group healing. And in one of the, one of uh, the modules, I talk about the muffin top. Okay. If we have, if I have a muffin top and, you know, my pants are too tight or whatever, I have a muffin top, I'm feeling self-conscious about it and I'm pretending it's not there. I'm changing my posture, moving my hands, my sweater, however I want, just to pretend it's not there. I'm going to go to a party or wherever, and the first thing I'm going to be doing is looking for someone else with a muffin top. As soon as I find someone that has a muffin top bigger than mine, I'm totally okay. I feel more comfortable. It's okay. Did everybody see her muffin top? Then all of a sudden, I don't have to worry about mine. However, if I'm getting ready... And I notice, like, oh, I have a muffin top. Ah, that's okay. I still look great. When I go to this party, I'm no longer looking for someone else's flaw. I'm looking for, I'm just being able to see them and hold space for them to see them in a higher light. And that's allowing me, that's because I was vulnerable with myself. We are our hardest critics, and we are going to shut off from our own work in that regard because of the judgment we'll fear from everybody else. If I see this flaw in myself, then that means others can see it. If I pretend it's not there and if I can hide it, then let me just try to distract and keep up the illusion. But that is what it gets us into our masculine. That's what gets Mm -hmm. us away from being just who we are and allowing ourselves to have that kind of ease and flow of life. Beautifully said. And it's, um, in your masculine, you are always looking for the thing because that's what masculine energy is, is fixing. And so that, that happens all the time. It's, it is about fixing things. And even with my husband and I, 
I will be talking to him about something that's frightening me or bothering me or whatever. And his first inclination when he's in his masculine, which is still a learned behavior for him, but it's fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. And I'm like, can you just hold space for me right now? I just want to have a conversation. Um, but women do it too, all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to my next thing I wanted to bring up is, is motherhood. And here's, and here's the interesting thing is that I find there's definitely two hats. There's the, and, and guys, just again, to reiterate, we're not talking about men and women, like everybody has masculine and feminine energy and men absolutely can lean into their feminine. And when they're vulnerable, they are leaning into their feminine energy and it's beautiful. And it's not, it is definitely not, like you said, it's not, he's he's like a woman or anything like that. I know some very strong, mature, masculine men who lean deeply into their feminine energy when they need to. And it's gorgeous and they don't live there and they still feel a little squirmy at times, but it is a really beautiful thing. And I think that's the power of a man, like never mind the woman, but that's the power of a man who is able to be in his mature masculine, but also dip into his feminine energy because men feel things too, not as deeply as we do, but they do feel things. And so I think it's, we need to honor that and just sort of bring attention to to the, the men and their feminine energy as well. And it's not girly in any way. So um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of point that out as well. But in motherhood, <clears throat> I that's when I just started to discover, started to ask questions of myself was when I started to treat, and my, my daughters are um, almost 11. She'll be 11 in a couple of days, 11, 19, 23, and 32, 33. So, but I started to talk to the little one and the middle one, like a drill sergeant. And not mean, but I was like, I was a single mom at the time as well. And I started to find like, I I was really just like managing them. It was, was it was like my business. And I was thinking, okay. And then I started having trouble meeting guys. I'd meet them, but then I wouldn't connect. And I'm like, I don't get it. Everyone's saying on paper, I'm like this. And I didn't know I was bringing my masculine to the party. But as a mother, this is really tricky because especially as a single mother, you have to, like you said, you have to get shit done. But so do you think that's something that you're seeing anyway with friends or clients or whatever? I see it a lot with all my girlfriends. They're very, they're in their masculine with their kids to get things done. And then they shift it. They'll, they'll shift it to the husband. And then they're, that's where things start to unravel because the man is like, wait a second here. I don't, I'm not down for masculine energy in this relationship because that is part of why we're, we're challenged. But when you're in, like, you did talk a little bit about it, but do you have triggers where you're like, I'm a little bit too far into my masculine with the kids. I need to dial it back down. Or do you you catch yourself? Are there some ways you can tell other moms to catch? Because here's the truth. For me, anyway, I was teaching my daughter to be like men. That's the honest truth. And until I caught myself and realized, and they would say, but mom, you raised us to be strong. And I said, strong is beautiful, but you're behaving like a man. And that's a challenge that's not received well because you're not a man. And so, yeah, talk a little bit about motherhood and masculine energy and then maybe some ways to catch ourselves as moms when we're doing it too much. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. You know, when I was more in, when I was with my ex-husband, I was more in my masculine. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it was really when we separated that I was able to step into my feminine because there was always that need, that feeling that I needed 
to compensate and really be on top of things to get things done, you know? Um, but I will say that I've learned a lot since, since my separation. And for me, I've developed symptoms, a, a list of symptoms, and everyone has their own symptoms. However, I'll share mine because they might, they might um, be very similar. But for me, when I start to lose my patience, Mm. when I get impatient with the kids and I'm just like, just get, get it done, get it done. Like, let's, like I asked you four times, like I just, I, I have somewhere else to go or I, in my head, I just want to be done with whatever we're doing. The impatience and I start getting snippy with them, yep. you know, being a, being a little rude, like my kids are actually pretty young, but I'll admit that I can be a little bit rude and snippy at times. And so those are some of my symptoms. When I catch myself, I recognize I've taken on too much. Right. I'm overworked. And my kids are young. So they're, they are three, eight, newly eight, and almost 10. Three boys. And so I sat them down and I just told them, if I am tired, like overwhelmingly tired at the end of the week, it means that you guys didn't do enough. I didn't ask enough of you this week. Because it's not sustainable for moms to think that they need to do everything for everybody and make sure everybody has a wonderful experience, <laughs> right? It's just not possible. And it's, it's unidealistic. So and it's not really fair to the kid either because that isn't life. Exactly. And right? so we have these chats regularly and I am constantly checking in with myself and I'm saying, okay, well, I need to relax. I need to take a step from the doing. And how do I do that as a mother though? Well, sometimes they can just have cereal for lunch or they can just have whatever they can grab themselves or they can wash the dishes a little bit imperfectly and I'll just eat off of a dirty plate next time because I would rather sit down or take a break or not do the homework or all of these things that are expected of us, but yet it's the unspoken expectations, right? I really share the chores with them, all of these things. So I take breaks, I engage with them, I bring them to do things that I want to do and if they complain, I remind them that I lovingly do things whatever they wanna do um, all the time. And so I'm just, I guess what I'm trying to say is I have my, my symptoms of overwhelm and I, I know that it's like hitting the fence. Like I just got mm. to the end of my boundary, but I think it's really important that women um, and men, parents, non-parents, that everybody set healthy boundaries for themselves and just come up with a set of cues to know when you've hit the end of that boundary. So again, like, do I have enough time, energy, and resources to say yes to what I'm being asked to do? Oftentimes that's no. And am I allowed to give myself the break without the guilt? And I think that's what we're seeing with this whole pandemic situation that's happening right now, where there's a lot of people who are hard workers who are kind of loving this. Mm -hmm. And it's that great permission that they were never able to give themselves to just not do, to just don't produce, don't feel like you have to take on any more, just, just take no. a break. Yeah. 
and we've like we were talking about just before uh, we we started recording was that that addiction to productivity that we've had it's been ingrained into us like that's what success means how productive have you been how much have you gotten done how clean is your house how well behaved are your kids how well put together are your meals all of these expectations when at the end of the day it truly doesn't matter are you giving from your heart because my kids would rather have you know again whatever i throw together for dinner and me being present and open and in my heart than whatever, you know, beautifully curated meal I can spend right. all day putting together and, um, you know, me being frazzled. Right. And while some people can do both, some people can truly do it all. I think it's important to recognize our own limitations and realize there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the season that we're in. And if we can stay within those boundaries, then they'll naturally grow. But if we're constantly pushing past them, then it, it becomes really overwhelming and it becomes just too much to keep up with this projection that we've created for ourselves. It's really not truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to mention too, when you're talking about having the boys clean your dishes and, and whatever, you're teaching them mature masculine right there because they're taking care of their queen their feminine divine in the house. And I think that's so, so beautiful because often, you know, moms tend to, I've not had a son, but moms tend to want to do for everything for their boys, right? That's again, their feminine energy wants to do everything for the, the boy and not allowing them to come and step up. And even at three, you know, all the way to your, your oldest, it's still, you're still instilling in them this beautiful mature masculine that seeing a woman and, recognizing and honoring her and then helping her with something small like the dishes and then the key to that ladies hear me very clearly and I've said this multiple times do not complain about how they do it do not complain about how they do it your children or your men because as soon as you criticize a a man in his masculine he will retreat into his feminine and that's where he will stay and then there's no polarity between you and that's where a lot of the um the issues happen, you know, and that's what, what I talk about all the time and how this all began was if I'm too far in my masculine, I can't show up in my feminine for my man or for my partner. And if he wants to be in his mature masculine, there's only room for one. And it doesn't mean that we're less than it means that we're because women, feminine energy is about receiving like that's our bodies were designed to receive. And we're just, we're here to like absorb the love and absorb all the beauty of things. And when we're in our masculine, we're totally closed off to that. And even as mothers, we're closed off to it. So I think it really, um, I want to commend you because that's a beautiful, beautiful thing you're teaching them without them even realizing what you're teaching them. You're, you're, Thank you. you know, yeah, yeah we, so that's, we that's really about, beautiful. We talk about contribution. That's the word that we use. So even, you know, when I'm asking them about their interests, my middle child loves gaming, loves gaming. And that's all he wants to do. And I said, okay, that's great. I can support you in that. But what else, how else would you want to contribute? You know, and for him, that's vacuuming. He's happy to vacuum all day long so he can vacuum. And like I, and it's important to support them in whatever they choose to be doing, including, you know, if that's gaming with obviously healthy boundaries, but contribution is a huge thing and constantly seeing how I can, even at a young age, how can I help 
the rest of my family. They're not chores. They're not paid for. It's a contribution to the way we all work together. And then we can bring that to, you know, society as a whole. We can go and, you know, pick up garbage or whatever. How can I contribute? How can I give back? And I think that's really, yeah, yeah, that's really key. It it is all about service. Like that's, that is contribute service, however we want to say it, but that's really what that is. And I think, um, again, I, I feel that that's a feminine energy thing is when we're in service of others, because we're in our heart about it. And then, you know, there's, when you're doing the thing, maybe you need to get in your masculine to organize it, but really at the core of when you're giving back is feminine energy and it's beautiful. And I, you know, I, I volunteer at the Tony Robbins events. I volunteer for like basket brigade, stuff like that. And it's not, I'm not constantly doing it, but man, when I do it, I'm full, like I'm so full. And then I come home and I'm like, what else can I help with? Right. And I think, um, again, talking about being so busy, if you're that busy, often, you don't have time to, to be of service to uh, your community or whatever. Yesterday I had a conversation with one of my guests and we were talking about shamans and I said, I'm frustrated because I want to be the shamanic shamanic princess to a, you know, to my tribe leader. And, and we're struggling a bit in, in the relationship on, again, it was new for me. It's new for him. He's been in his feminine, the whole marriage. I've been in my masculine, the whole marriage. So talk, I mean, we're, we're getting close to wrapping up, but, Talk a little bit about, I've started doing shamanic breath work and I can tell you the moment I put music on, I'm like in a desert with tribal things on me, dancing my face off and like, so in my feminine. It's So touch a little bit about, cause music really to me is my anchor always to get into my feminine and even like heavy gritty tribal music like that it gets me there too. So talk a little bit about like the shamanic side of things. If I'm, you know, yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that side of, of your business. I mean, the shamanic part of my business is more speaking to the different modalities of healing that I've learned and being able to move through, you know, dimensions, if you will, to receive more information. So um, that's where that comes from. And you know, we were talking even about getting more into our um, feminine and another way to do that. And I, this comes up for me in thinking of just the rawness and the openness is through our sexuality as well. Mm-hmm. That's something that we didn't really talk about, but it's also really key for women to get more into their feminine through things like breast massage through yoni egg work, um, stuff like that, even sex, self-pleasure, like those things too, waking up because we're, we can be so disconnected from our own anatomy of what makes us feminine. And that's, again, drawing us away and outside into the, the masculine energy. And so although it's not really the question that you asked, that's kind of more of, of the the again, the raw, the primal way to connect to your femininity. And yes, absolutely through music. And there's so many, there's so many different ways to awaken that those feminine aspects of you. You have to move through what you feel comfortable, but also you, knowing your edge, if even the talk of that sexuality and self-pleasure is uncomfortable, then that's where you get to go in and really figure out why. Um, 
it's so multi-layered and it's mm-hmm. so like I said, multidimensional too, you know, where our energy is expanding everywhere. And so, but the way to access that, that, that bigger field is really through going in and getting intimate with ourselves and our, our emotions. Um, there's a show called Goop Labs, Gwyneth Paltrow mm. does on Netflix. Have you seen it? I have, yeah. It's so the the one with the sexual, like with the, the vagina and the vulva talk and all that. And mm-hmm. I was fascinated by it. Like, and I was, I was like, oh, they, they, they showed it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's, it's true. And it's like, not as part of it. And I love that you brought it up. Um, because like, even with my kids, I talk very openly about sex. I had a conversation with one of them yesterday about it and it's that's the first thing that we tend to close off on is physical intimacy with our partner when we're too far in our masculine and that's exactly how you put them in the feminine they get they get sucky and they get kind of wimpy or or sulky about it like where because we're controlling that but there's no winner in those situations because women like it, it astonishes me when I hear women we're like, oh, I don't like to have sex. And I'm like, that is so not, that's so not true. It's, you're blocked off. And when you block off, all those things start to become foreign to you. But once you do the work and get into your feminine energy, you'll discover all of a sudden, oh, wait a second, I really do love sex and I love intimacy and all those things. But it's, it just sort of feels like, you know, when you're, and for the people listening and who aren't watching, I'm holding my hands together. It feels like you're just so constrained when you're in your masculine all the time. And when you open up like this, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, ah, oh, it's a game changer. It's beautiful. Um, and that's the work I'm, I'm hopeful that we will get uh, accomplished with a lot of these female business owners. Because we know, both of us, you've talked about you going slipping into your masculine. I've done it bajillions of times. But doesn't it feel good to be in your feminine too? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's so yeah. much power there. And the other thing I will just add before we go is that crying is also very, very, very beautiful. And it's a really great way to tap into your inner feminine, showing all of the emotions. But what, I'm, what I've seen through the healings that I've done and the clients that I've had is the anger and frustration is masking the grief that's underneath. Mm. And so allowing that to come out, and I, I, always, uh, I always recommend to my clients to have like a feeling date once a week, even if it's like Thursday at seven, I'm scheduled to cry because we don't allow ourselves to. And sometimes we don't even realize that we're not allowing ourselves to access these emotions. But if I know that, okay, now is my time to feel, you can throw on the saddest movie, you know, just to spark things up and just have the intention that whatever else needs to come out can come out now. And again, it's cracking open to just allow yourself to be. It's a breath of fresh air who doesn't feel good after a a really good cry. You know, it's a release. And again, it's, I, I believe it's a really important way to connect and honor your feminine aspect, your feminine aspect. You know, just recognizing the emotional body that is there and honoring that just through acknowledgement instead of pretending like it's not there and constantly telling it that it shouldn't be seen. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think denying it like on those, on that level, it, just, it doesn't work. So eventually it's like a sausage, right? Eventually it's going to squeak out in some area of your life and 
it'll come out one way or another, really, truly. But yeah. you know, the, the goal is to to do it with beauty and, and grace and enjoy the process because I think it's fun to be in my feminine and when I'm paying attention, that's the big key. So yeah. Well, and that that's it. Yeah, go ahead. No, you have one more. Tell us, tell us. I was just going to say that everything, everything wants to be acknowledged. Everything, everybody, every emotion, every thought, it wants to be acknowledged. So anytime that we're suppressing any part of us, it's going to keep resisting. It's going to keep nagging at us until we can see it. Yep. Very, very true. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, um, for your time with us. Uh, I, I want to talk about maybe having you do some, something with, um, the, the group at some point, maybe a meditation together or some sort of breath work. I think that'd be really interesting and uh, beautiful. So we should, we'll definitely chat about that. Yeah. Um, where can everybody find you if they're, they want to connect with you? You can find me on social media at I am Christina Mira. It's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-M-I-R-A or at theacornrevolution.com. Nice. Okay, well, that's it for us today. Um, thank you so much. It was, I can't, like, I still feel your incredible energy through the camera. I love it. And um, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye. Bye.